0: All right, so we're, so we're going to talk about joining the army, right? Because that's where we all start. Everything in the army starts there. So it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what your rank is. Your officer, we got an officer here right now. Uh, you here. know, yeah. I'm sorry, I apologize for him. Uh, we got an officer. We've we've got a current specialist. We got a sergeant first class, and and it doesn't matter because we all joined the army the same way. We all went to a Meps. We all went to a recruiter. We all had that same start. Of our career but it's still different so we're gonna start off with our resident specialist and how when he joined the army and what that was like so go ahead that's senior specialist you. senior he is a senior specialist been doing it for a minute
1: uh, you know but again we started at the same place so go ahead what, what a- so my process originally I was going to join the National Guard Pussy. <laughs> I don't know if we can say that. We might edit that out. I don't know, but <laughs> no, can, can but if you that. join Stop the National Guard,
0: I mean, I, I I feel like you're scared. I feel like you're scared. You don't want to leave home, and this is a tangent, right? You don't you don't want to leave home. You, you want to be with mom and dad. You're getting your feet wet,
2: but you're not trying to swim.
0: Right, exactly. You know, you want to stay in the shallow one. You want to stay where it's two feet, yeah, three feet.
2: You got your floaties on still.
0: Exactly. And, and you got the girl from, from hometown, girl from high school you want to stay close to, right? You got your boy. So you're like, I'm going to be this badass. And I'm going to join the National Guard. I'll go away for 14 weeks. Come but you're not going to do
1: nothing. That was actually, like, spot on. <laughs> because...
2: Your mic is backwards. Uh. <laughs>
1: Senior Specialist. Continue Senior Specialist. Go ahead. Hey, this is Price. So. Price. speak. Uh, there was a National Guard inf- infantry unit in my hometown. And so, Which is where? In was Missouri. Okay. Uh, so I was just going to join <clears throat> that and fucking do that on the weekends. I was going to go to school. Uh, so I went and talked to the recruiter because my cousin had joined as uh, an MP in the National Guard. And, uh, so (coughs) went and talked to the recruiter with him, was starting the whole process. Uh, and then the active duty recruiter messaged me on Facebook, told him that I was already in the process of joining with the national guard. Uh, but I was having second thoughts about it and that I actually wanted to go active. He was like, no problem. Fucking give me his number. I'll fucking tell him to give me all your paperwork and fucking I'll take over. Cool. Started it. Uh, that was when I had injured my shoulder. And so I had to have a surgery and that took a very long time. Eventually like my physical at MEPS had expired. Uh, they told me that the day I was supposed to ship out, I'd actually had a slot reserved to go be A12 Bravo, a 12 Bravo combat engineer. And the day I was supposed to ship out, hey, your physical expired. You're gonna have to come back in two weeks. So I came back, did the physical and then they wouldn't let me do anything else after the physical. So I had to leave again, come back and then there, I got to do everything. This uh, shit's too complicated. Well, so, I mean, I was a
0: recruiter for a while, right? I did four years recruiting in California. And I can say, yeah, I mean, that's how it goes. So, we build a packet from the ground up. We do all these documentation. We do all these these uh, multiple screens. And it, it gets a little bit confusing. Not confusing with the recruiter, but just all these things you got to go back and double check. So, you get somebody who comes in and you build the entire digital packet. And then... There's a delay. So there's an injury, there's a delay, and then it puts it off for a while. you've got like
2: 10 other dudes you're still dealing with. And
0: you still have a bunch of other guys, right? They're coming in constantly, <clears throat> and so you send them down to MEPS expecting one thing to happen, but then MEPS goes in with a fresh set of eyes and they say, you know what, no, pause, hold. we got to do some extra stuff before this guy. And it happens all the time, you know, and it's, it's a complicated
1: process, but it can really take a long time. Mine, it took me two years. I started talking to the National Guard recruiter when I was 17, And I did not get in until I was 19 years old. And I had guys, you know, they had surgeries. We got to get medical records from Dakota,
0: you know, and we're in California and they don't exist anymore or they can't get them. They got to get them in person. They got to, they got to mail them in, you know, snail mail. So it's coming in, you know, six weeks or something like that. So you got to tell this kid, you know, who's ready. He's ready to go. Hey, wait six weeks when we get the stuff in the mail. We will process it. We'll send it for a review and we'll let you know. And it can take. So, I mean, kudos to you for hanging in there for two years because most people just fall off. They just
1: go their separate way. They find something else to do. Yep. And honestly, the longest part was everything was good, ready to go. We were waiting. I had to get a waiver from like a two-star general Mm -hmm. to even say that I was fit. Like he had to go through like my medical packet and be like, yeah, he is fit for service. And I think that took... Like six months. And yeah. when,
2: when did, you, did you start, it like right out of high school? or I was still while in high school. While you were in high school, you started? So it with the National years. Guard. So like, I feel like a lot of people have the expectation that like, if I start this shit while I'm in high school, I can get out of high school, maybe wait a couple months, wait a summer, and I'm good. I got a job.
0: And that's what we tell them. Yeah. And that's true. It's For true. For the most so part. Yeah. If you get a 17-year-old, he's 17, in he's years. in high school, you can get a letter from the school saying they're on track to graduate. So there's nothing that is going to stop them and use that to enroll them and have them go enlist. And you choose their ship out date, which is gonna be a few months beyond the graduation date. Mm-hmm. So yes, you know, a 17 year old in February or March of their senior year can fully enlist in the army yeah. and ship in August or September. You know, and that, But then you get people who then, you go through that process, they hit that first roadblock or hurdle and it just takes however
1: long for the medical provider to look at that stuff and say, I need more documents. You got to go back to the hospital. You know I have been to the St. Louis MEPs so many times that like the workers at the MEPs just like knew me. Like they'd see me and be like, "Hey, what's up? You're back." And like even mm-hmm. even the lady at the hotel that would like have to give you like your little like safety brief or whatever yeah. and all that. Like she was literally like, "You're good. Like just go hang out in your room. You know, go walk around St. Louis. Whatever you want to do. Like you're good. You heard this like six times already. I'm like, all right, cool, thanks." Yeah. And it's funny
0: because so when I came in the army. Right, it was different. So I came in, in in 2008 and it was in LA. And I remember that when I was taken down there, the hotel, because we all go to a hotel, because we usually go one night before for the next morning. And I went to like a motel, one of those motels that had the door <clears throat> that went out to the balcony that faced the street, the yeah. parking lot, you know? So it was a, it was the not motel a hotel. Six. It was not a, yeah, it was exactly. It was like a motel six. It was just, it wasn't a main building with a pool, nothing like that. And, I mean, I went to my recruiter and I said, hey, I want to join the Army. My dad was a tanker. I want to be a tanker. He didn't even explain to me the process or what the ASVAB was. I didn't know. So I went down there. I took the test because then, you know, you had to go and take the test there. At came Meps. back. He said, huh? At MEPS. At MEPS, yeah. I had to go and take the test at MEPS. And I came back and said, you're <clears throat> good to be a tanker. I said, okay, cool. I didn't know that the test meant anything. And then I went, uh, you know, a week later. I went to MEPS. I joined the Army and it was done. I mean, it was maybe 10 days total from when I walked in and said, I want to join the Army, and I had sworn
1: it. Yeah, I had a very difficult process. <laughs> I am honestly surprised I even kept pursuing Because even the first recruiter...
2: That's what I always wondered too. Like, when you're waiting for two years, I like, am surprised people wait that long.
1: Well, so the first recruiter, like, I still would show up to, like, the future soldier training. I'd even just go hang out at the office and just talk with them. And you just, a little ass motherfucker. Well, cause like I was just very serious about it. Cause my yeah, mom had told yeah. me like, you need to do something cause you're either going to start paying bills or you're going to go to school or you need to get the fuck out. And I was like, well, the army is my quickest way to get the fuck out. And I needed to get out of Boonville anyways. So I was like, this is the perfect way. And yeah, it was the first recruiter had given up. Like he literally had told me I'd messaged him one day and I was like, Hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Like, is everything good? Like blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he literally said, oh, no, I just – I gave up on you. He told me that he had given up on me, and so I was just kind of like, wow, okay, like, that's kind of – it's kind of fucked up. Like, I'm showing you that this is what I want to do, and I'm putting in all this extra effort when I really don't need to, and you're just going to do that. So I was like, okay. So I went to his – I don't know if it was the same for you, but, like, did you guys work in, like – as, like, little, like – partners or like groups like there was always like two of you that kind of worked close yeah together. so there,
0: there was two of us that you know we, we worked together we went not together however uh you know recruiting and this is another topic for another day so i won't get too deep into it but recruiting has gone through different phases and at one point it was it didn't matter what an individual did it was uh the group effort and so one guy would be doing just paperwork or admin. And one guy would be going and hitting the streets and talking to people. And as long as you all succeeded together, it was fine. It didn't matter what you were doing individually. then it transitioned to, you know, you were missioned for one, right? So you had to put in one person. So you're always going to kind of get this this vibe with, you know, one guy, two guys. You know, they kind of work together, whatever you know, context, they, they decide that works for them. But, um, for us, it was, we worked in pairs, but we each had to find one person yeah. and, and get that guy all the way to the finish line to okay. join. So,
1: cause I remember like after I'd had my surgery, I was in my sling. Like this was probably day three after the surgery and they actually <clears throat> drove 30 minutes from their office to my house at like eight o'clock at night and it was snowing outside and they pulled up and was talking to me and everything and talking to me and my mom at the kitchen table uh, it's like, yeah, you know, like right now we can't touch you because of this, but you know, we will do everything that we can with you right now leading up until you are eligible and ready to go and like he was such a super like chill guy in the beginning and then yeah, he did that so after he did that, I just went to his partner and was like, hey, so this is what he had just told me and he was like, what the fuck? He's like, fuck that. He's like, I'm going to his desk right now. I'm grabbing your shit. he was like, you basically report to me now. And I was like, say less. And he was so nice. Like, even after I had already, like, left for basic and everything, like, he kept in contact with my mom and everything. He would always be like, anytime my mom had a question, like, she would message him. Things, yeah. <laughs> You're trying to talk to your mom. Okay. okay. Right. <laughs> so,
0: we're doing trying to talk to your mom. Got it. Okay. okay. All, All right. right. All right. You know, we're not going to talk about it. What's his name? No, we're not going to say his <laughs> name. We're not, we're not going to throw him under the <laughs> bus like that, but... So uh, don't let
1: your recruiter near your mother. Gerald. <laughs> um,
0: Staff sergeant.
1: Yeah, it was just very nice. And then even after like I had come back, he had always told me like if you're in town, hit me up and like we can go get lunch or something, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, cool. So like I came back and told him like, hey, I'm in town. And he even asked me to like come to the high school and fucking talk to like everybody with him and everything like that. It was, it was a cool little experience because that's when I was very cool about the Army. And, yeah. And yeah, then that was that was basically the process getting in.
0: So you had a long process. I mean, it took you a long time to get in the army. So for me, you know, I came in in two thousand eight, and it was, you know, the war was still going on, so there was still that that large threat overseas. So I came in, and I mean, I I just walked in. I said, I want to join the army. They said, okay. I joined the army. Um, you know, and what year was it for you? Price? So
1: I would have started talking to them in twenty. 20- Like 2014, 2015? So, 2014, Uh, 2015. Because I graduated in 2016. So, no, I would say 2015 because I graduated in 16 and it took me a year after graduation. So, yeah, 2015. So, I mean, things are winding down,
0: right? I mean, we're still over there. We're still doing things. But the the threat is a lot less. And so, you know, it took him a couple years. And, I mean, the Army is looking at things a little more closely saying, hey, can this guy – Join the Army in 2008, you know, 2001, 2003, 2005, 2008. They're like, can you breathe? You're in the Army. Congratulations. Here's a uniform. You know, and then it started getting more strict, and we're looking at things more closely. And then uh, we have our resident officer here who took a whole different, you know, approach, obviously, to be an officer. It takes a different <coughs> approach. So, yeah, I damn. mean. The surge was 2007. I had to look that up. The surge was 2007? Yeah. Well, that was one surge. Right? So that was the Iraq war troop surge. Right. So there was there was <coughs> we were fighting on multiple fronts, right? And there was different things. No, like, yeah. So we had like OIF one, you know, we had the Thunder Run, oh, yes. we were oh, yes. you know, so there was a lot of things happening. It was intermittent. So there were some years where it was it was at a peak. There were some years where it seemed like things were dying down, but then it would it would surge again. You know, so there was kind of that ebb and flow for almost I mean, two thousand one, two thousand ten. For ten years it seemed like we were we were pushing and then we were kind of backing off and we're pushing again but after 2010 you know those those surges were a little bit less fewer and far between fewer and far between you know and a little less severe you know the the death started kind of coming down a little bit to to lower numbers and things so the army started looking at i guess you could say quality over quantity you know mm. was one way to mm. kind of describe it uh so they especially were
2: especially look at the changes to recruiting right now
0: right you know and so there was that kind of shift so then, what was your, you know, as an officer, what was your deal. ordeal coming in? What did you so, do? Um, growing
2: up, I always wanted to do something military related. Um, mom was very much so against that shit. Um, what's the word? Beheminently? Beheminently against that sh- behem- Be- vehemently, 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 vehemently,
0: vehemently against. Yeah, she was.
2: Yes, very much. Hands down, against- hands down against. No, not happening. Getting killed, yes. Um, Because that's how she sees it. Um, But I went to the University of Florida. um, Did my freshman year there. I
0: thought you went to Florida Community College. You didn't go to Florida? This man's got a joke.
2: Um, Florida Community College, you didn't go there? No, I nighted there. (laughs) I dated at UF. Okay. Yeah, I did both. Okay, alright, so... Um, I went to fucking UF. Um, Did my freshman year there. Could not afford that shit. Um, I had like all these... Little scholarships and shit. My mom busted her ass to make it happen. But, like, I just couldn't afford it. Um, anyways, um, I don't know why, but I thought to hit up the... So, like, every ROTC um, unit, whatever What's you call ROTC?
0: It? I mean, what?
2: Like, in college. So, different from high school. Um JR. Most, JR, JR. Yeah, that's yeah. JROTC, right? Junior. So, um, ROTC, ROTC is, like, at the college level. Um, they have their own... A-R-N-G, like, National Guard recruiter mm-hmm. who works there full-time, but he also has, like, some National Guard reserve job, whatever the fuck. Um, <clears throat> so I remember hitting him up. And, of course, motherfucker's all about it, right? Oh, yeah, 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 come talk to me, whatever. Like, I just wanted to see what I could do to get some sort of scholarship money to pay for but school. But back
0: up, back up. You hit him up, why? You hit him, Why? Just, just because you were, because I understood you were curious, the time, you were interested, you, you needed... There's something I always wanted to
2: do, and I didn't speak to my parents about it yet. And I understood that... Um, Going down the road that I was going down, as far as like major and all that bullshit at school, like my knew my mom couldn't continue to afford with, to put me through school. So it was
0: financial. Yes. So you had you had you had 50/50. an interest. You had an interest. Yeah. You like in military is something that I could see myself doing. Yes. I, I'm interested. I, I I feel the you know the appeal, the draw. Yeah. But also, I have a motivation financially to finish my education. I'm just not going to do it on my own. I'm not going to make it on my own, or I'm not going to burden my mom. That was the main thing, yeah.
2: Like, I, I didn't want to burden my myself or my mom with um, figuring that shit out. Because it got to the point where, like, we're figuring it out month by month, semester by semester. Like, how are we going to afford this crap? So, yeah. So, I talked to him. I remember the first interview I had with him, he didn't ask me jack shit besides, uh, like, do you work out? And... So yeah, he didn't ask me a damn thing besides, do I work out or anything, right? And he was like, uh, do you run? I'm like, yeah. Because at the time, I went to the stadium and I ran like five miles a day for no reason because I hated myself.
0: Um, like, that's a that's a punishment. You're just punishing yourself at that point. Whatever. I hate running. It's terrible.
2: Yeah. I know. Uh, so I was like, yeah, you know, so imagine you're a recruiter and you're like, a kid comes to you he's like, oh yeah, I run like five miles a day and yeah, I do all these. Yeah, I work out. You no, know, whatever. And he's like, shit, all right, well, right. You're in. And so I think for... I think it was the fall of my, towards the end of the fall of my freshman. No, it was pretty much the spring of my freshman year. I was like what they called an attachment or whatever. So I would just show up to PT, but I didn't have PTs on. I would just wear civvies, just show up, do the fuck PT, and I'd go home. That was yeah. Um, so I did that for like a semester, and I started doing the paperwork to get contracted that spring. So for us, right, you can be an RTC, right. Say you start it your freshman year of college in a four-year program. You can be in it for three years. When you hit that third year, if you're not contracted, they kick you out. Because at that point, like, you're going to Knox, you're doing all that stuff. Like, they're not going to send you anywhere to do anything unless you're
0: actually contracted. So you, you participate for three years? At the at the school level. But it may not even result in anything? At, at, for two years. So by your third year, you need to Okay, be so freshman, sophomore. You're participating, you're going, you're you're talking to these guys, but yeah. it doesn't end in a contract, so by your your junior year you're If you're not no contracted, longer... you're out. Okay.
2: Um so I got a contract pretty much right away. Um I was you a, ran five miles a day. Sure, right? In, um Stadium runner. But I was was I engineering at the time? Are you asking us? I don't we don't know. I don't remember. I think I was still an aerospace engineering major at the time. Well, I'm really not... you were
0: undergrad, so you were taking English, history, science, and astronomy, right? No, I mean, right? No, I I mean you were doing nothing. No, was good. Productive. You were just taking the yeah that and running the same. You 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 went to the stadium right, running your five miles, and then you were going to health sciences class in. You know what I mean, right? Because you're a freshman, so you're really just, you know, you a bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: FCC has some tough courses. <laughs> it's um, like community
0: college has some tough courses. Yeah.
2: What was I saying? Um, but no, yeah, like it was so crazy how little they cared about who I was or what I did at the time. Um. Did the whole attachment thing for a semester? I really didn't have to do jack shit. And then this is what year? This was freshman.
0: No, I mean what year 2020.
2: world? Okay, okay. twenty twenty. All right. Um, fall of twenty twenty one, I contracted one. Yeah, twenty twenty
0: one. He really had to think about that. That's a yeah. college education at work. Yeah. <laughs> trying to. So fall of twenty twenty one. The gears no, are turning. Jesus Christ! All right,
2: fall twenty twenty one, Florida. Florida college system uh, at work. Uh, fall twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um contracted. See so swear in all this BS and then you know um Oh it's BS. It's it's swearing <laughs> in it's all this bullshit a that a cadet, you did. As a cadet, right? Um so like how RTC is structured, at least at where I went, it was uh it was PT five days a week at five thirty. Um and then you would go to classes like normal. You'd go to PT for an hour, you'd be done. So six thirty you're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, go home, do whatever. You'd have a lab one day a week, which was like two or three hours. A lab, a- like a military science, or was it? Like uh a- so we would go out to this field, and you'd show up in like, uh what UCPs with a flick, um PC. So that
0: was that ugly gray ACU pattern. Yeah, uniform you know, and that, and that, that was still that uniform hated. at the time. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um,
2: but, you know, we'd show up in that outside, and we'd go do, like – because everything ROTC-related is based off of infantry tactics. Like, that's how you're graded for your leadership potential. is offered. Foundation for everything. I mean, yeah, right. You know. So, like, we would go out there in this little wooded area that we had out behind Flavit Field, and we would go run lanes. And it was – you know, the, the seniors, the juniors would be out for, and, like, we would go run some lanes or whatever. But that was, like, two, three hours out of your week. Um, and then you had PT, and then you had a class – depending on your um, MS level, which is, like, what year in school you are. Military uh, science level. Yeah, you'd have, like, a two-hour class a week. So, in reality, it was ten hours a week or so from, like, freshman to junior year. Um, So, it really wasn't nothing crazy. Ten hours a week, and then you would still just go do your college bullshit. Like, there was nothing beyond that. Um, And, like, every semester you'd have a week-long FTX. Or a four-day FTX, depending on what the fuck they had money for. (laughs) So funding would drive, like, your field training. Funding would drive, like, like, what training was. But usually it would be, like, a small arms range, whatever the hell, and, you know, go do lanes. But that was, like, what ROTC was. Junior year, um, so I got my contract, started my sophomore year, did the ROTC gig for a while. Um, Junior year, went to Knox, did the Knox thing, came here to Bliss for a month, Um, shadowed S2 at 427. I told you about that. Yeah. Um, and then commissioned 2020.
0: Now, here was crazy. Oh, you,
2: I'm retarded. I said the whole timeline wrong. Oh, boy. I, because yeah, you, it you started went, in oh, 2017. so you're retarded. That it, makes sense. It started in 2017. So this
0: paints a great picture, Let right? Let me correct I mean, myself. Go ahead, correct yourself because. The whole thing
2: started in 2017. Right. Graduated, commissioned in 2020. Um, and here I am.
0: And so that's what's funny, right? And you hear all the jokes about the Army and here kind of – it puts it in perspective. And I don't think we're going to talk about this tonight, but it's kind of interesting because you just described all your, your training in a nutshell, right? In mm-hmm. a snapshot, mm-hmm. in a nutshell, you described, well, this is what I did 10 hours a week, you know. Depending on my grade, my level. It, it was a lot? For three, four years, yeah, it was a lot. Well
2: – The way they ran it there. And
0: so I think it, it was a lot in your perspective of, of trying to juggle going to school, doing these these all these other things. But here's what's interesting is that now you uh, you write my evaluation, yeah. Right, so I'm a sergeant first class. Sergeant, Sergeant he's been doing this for twelve years, fourteen years. Thank you. Okay, Uh, fourteen years. You know, and you're describing well. You know, if we had enough funding, we did smaller arms ranges and went to school. And I ran the stadium, and I did ten hours a week. And you write my evaluations. We got a senior specialist here, you know, and he's been. Who's done more army-related shit than I have? Right, and 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 not even more army-related necessarily, but you know, at his level, just more of the, you know, busting his knuckles and doing the work and and just understanding the army from his level, and then you come in, and you're in charge of everybody. Yeah, I mean, how did? What do you think of that? I mean, considering that you essentially, good question, ran some some. ROTC drills with your peers too right so your peers are are also also other college students doing the same retards exactly right
2: And, and the other important part to note on that is like they can be any branch so like the vast majority of them, I would say maybe so five or seven you're out there of
0: with the Navy. No, so, no, 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 not, so, not that. I mean, so the branch, Navy's out there, you're running drills. I mean, branch
2: as far as the army goes. Oh, okay. Oh, I, so I got like, you. All right. So, so you, got, like, you got
0: armor, infantry, you know, or... All of them. Yeah, okay.
2: So I'd say maybe five or seven out of the 13 for my class were actually combat arms. So while we're out there doing all this bullshit, there's, you know, people that just want nothing to do with any of this, and they just want to go do their loggy shit. Bless your soul. That's fine. Good for you. Um, we need you. They... We don't. Um, but, you know, they go do their logging shit. But, like, you have that mix, you know? Same thing when you go to Knox. You're there with a platoon of 40 people and, like, it, that, none of them could want to do combat arm shit. But you're out in the fucking woods for a month. You know what right. I mean? Right. Like, so that's how we're evaluated constantly is off this bullshit. Um, how do I feel about the whole coming in and, like, Well, and, and, and,
0: I mean, maybe, you know, our, our senior specialist, too, can... So, you and I work as a peer, right? Mm-hmm. So, we work together. But he doesn't work with you on that level but yet he's the one it's it's ironic because you know you're coming in and you're you're dictating what we're going to do what we're not going to do to some but I degree. I don't dictate. No, you don't. But yeah. I, officers in general, right? We're talking yeah. about in general. And and an officer comes in and says, "Well, we're going to do things this way. We're going to approach it from this direction." You got this senior specialist who's been doing it maybe only for, you know, 4 or 5 years. Not not a great amount of time. Not a, a long time, but long enough to know what's up. What's going on. Yeah. You know, and and so <clears throat> Even, the, even these guys who are kind of middle or, or early career people still have more knowledge than you do, and you're in charge. Yeah. So what do I think about that? Yeah. Like, how do you bridge that gap? How you, I've
1: been in for like going on a little over five years, yeah. and yet here you are telling me what to do, and you're a whole ass year younger than me. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's crazy. And he just
1: described his experience, right? So his experience was
0: I run a stadium. We go to a small arms range if we have the money for and it. It was I'm not saying but it was bullshit. Not,
2: it was more than that, but it was totally bullshit. It
0: was more than yeah. that. And I'm not trying to underplay it, but it was definitely bullshit. But he went to you know we call we call these these training exercises we do here at Fort Bliss as Iron Focus, Strike Focus. You know we have these these names for this training that we go do in the field for a period of time, whether it's you know five days, seven days, nine days, twelve days, three eighteen weeks. days, exactly three weeks. You know, and so what he does in the deserts of Fort Bliss with a tank and a full platoon for 20 days compared to what, you know, even your own perception of, well, hey, we had the money. We did some small, small arms ranges and a bunch of guys running around who didn't want combat arms, you know, to go do some training. That yeah. was your experience before you got here.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, huge gap.
2: So how did I... Because I'd say I've done a good job of bridging that gap. You have? Yes. I'm not saying most do. Right. So what have oh, yeah, I... What if if I <laughs> so, yeah, right? Uh, so what have I done? Um, I don't know. I think I had good cadre. Those are like the instructions I had at RTC. I had good... Because all of them were combat arms. I have to be. They what had, uh, to
0: what be. does your cadre consist of? So you've got yeah. a group so of... So for
2: me, it depends on the school. Um, okay. For me, I had a Southern first class, 11 Bravo. I had a senior master sergeant 11 bravo um, I had a two captains one was a loggy one was infantry um, both plenty of deployments obviously the the enlisted as well um, Then I had a another song first class 11 bravo fresh out of Rock Island armor So he had like a weird kind of transition from Rock Island over to ROTC But him also plenty of deployments. I had a PMS he was a tenant colonel, so he's a guy who kind of runs the program. Um, he was an MP. Metric fuck ton of deployments. Um, who else? Our, like, head NCO was a E8, um, 12 Bravo. Spent his entire time at 82nd. I don't know how. He got sucked into that black hole and stayed there, bless his heart. Um, but obviously like a, a metric fuck ton of combat experience.
0: So you had senior NCOs and captains and above, and you said it, it depends on the school. Do you, do you know? I don't know. Do you know what changes from school to school? I infer. So for example,
2: like I've worked with other lieutenants and I had plenty of lieutenants from Bullock who take, for example, like a big thing for us is the, the orders process. Right. And understanding its place and actually doing combat operations. Right. Um, us, we got a metric fuck ton of experience with that at UF. Just our cadre gave a fuck about that, and they understood our place in that. But, uh, what, uh, but I was, I've had I've had lieutenants who like went to Bullock, for example. This is just a, an example, right? Yeah, and had never touched that shit.
0: But what is the rank structure? I'm, so that's what I'm asking. With what? So with ROTC, do you know hmm. uh, from school to school? You said it's different. So it's uh, gotta be it's gotta be some kind of senior NCO, and, and so you have all of
2: them have a PMS, which is a lieutenant girl. Okay, all, all of, of them have a. Uh, I forget the damn name for the head NCO they have there. The most senior NCO, I don't remember the name. Um, But that's that's an E8. Well, that tells you a lot right there, right? Yeah, right. But that's an E8. Usually, Usually it's someone who is either prior to the first-arm time or first-arm
0: complete. Okay. Um, But they are an E8. So you've got Um, an E8 senior NCO. mm Mm-hmm. And a lieutenant colonel. Yes. And then and then I am guessing that, the size of the program, size of the school is going to determine how many NCOs and, and captains you have.
2: Officers, no. Cap- uh,
0: NCOs, yes. Okay.
2: Um so each MS level, so each year in school, will usually have a captain delegated to it. Okay. So for example, us we had one captain that did the ones and twos and another captain that did the threes. And then the PMS did the fours. Okay. So that's that's
0: just how they did so, it. So so we can we can Extrapolate from that. I mean, every officer <clears throat> coming out of college through the same program that you did, they're going to have that lieutenant colonel, that senior NCO, and then a measure of senior NCOs and captains running the earlier years leading into that lieutenant colonel, kind of finishing the process off. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: But oh yeah, we were talking. The quality
0: about. is different for sure. The, the the learning, the drive. So it's not standardized. I guess you could say. As far as... Well, you're saying you got, you know, the... the, the Quality of teachers? You no, know, the quality of teachers, but you're saying that you got the... This was any army Decision-making science, process, troop-leading process. That was the op-order process. That was something that was drilled into you. The
2: thing that was... Dr- common fucking sense. Like, common sense. But common sense is not so common. Well, it was drilled into us every okay. goddamn day. You know what okay. I mean? Like, you'd get your shit pushed in if you didn't have the common sense to figure out some simple-ass question. Like that you were expected to just have it. At the very least, if you didn't know what the fuck was going on, where you were, what you had, if you had common sense, they'd work with you and they'd help you. But,
0: okay, so specialist price. You how many, how many lieutenants have you had so far? Platoon leader, lieutenants. So we're talking about butter bars, right? So second lieutenants, first lieutenants, that kind of range of officer in your platoon. Well, let me back up. How many platoons have you been in? So every company has, you know, first, second, third platoon. How many platoons have you been in? I have been in one my entire time. <laughs> so you've, been in, you've been in the same platoon. Yes. So the whole okay. So you've been in the same. How many PLS have you had?
1: I have had. He would make six. Six.
0: In how many years? Which one's the best?
1: Just a little That's, over five.
2: Which one's the
0: best? He's fishing. Uh, all right. So okay. Don't answer. Six over five. Uh, Mm, (laughs) Ah, there you go. You're you happy? I lied. Yummy. Um, So, I mean, have you felt like every single PL that comes to you from college is the same caliber? Hell no. The same. The same. Or or they were trained the same or taught the same coming to you. No, I I don't think so. I've
2: just to caveat, but also recognize that like the colleges are different. Yes. but also there's three avenues. So you got West Point, you got OCS, and you also have what I did, the ROTC.
0: Yeah, but why are they not but connecting? Also, why yeah, they're not why connecting? Why are they not all the same? Why are they right? Not why are they connect? not standardizing what you all learn to some degree? So why is somebody from ROTC Utah learning something drastically different from West Point, which is different than what Florida is doing for ROTC, which
2: is different than OCS, which is like why? Yeah, why right. are we giving the
1: force? So yeah, he said six. Kind of, Six lieutenants, so so like four of those lieutenants came from West Point. So, four <laughs> out of six from West Point, and then I had one from Florida and one from ANN. So, I mean, what is your perception
0: of when an officer comes into uh, a platoon? So, when they take over a platoon as their first thing,
2: like first 30 days, like what generally have you seen?
1: For me, a lot of it has been oh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> uh, So the ones that came from West Point, I will say, were a lot more, like, by the books, yes man, like, everything had to be done a certain way, like, afraid to stand up for themselves, like, that kind of thing. Like, they were just kind of, like, coward and run to the platoon sergeant and just wouldn't stand up for themselves. And I've seen a lot of that. Um... That's fine. It blends in. Um, it's all good. Well, yep, I just did that. Okay. Um, Continue. Yes. Excuse <coughs> uh, Trying to remember where I was gonna go with that. A lot of them are yes men. So the
0: West Point, the West Point guys, they they go to the platoon sergeant. So they they tend to just, you know, go to their command. And be like, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. we can do that. But you have the two right from. Just, A&M in Florida. A and M Florida, right? So college. And what was different about them?
1: So they were more of the ones these? that would stand up for themselves and be like higher ups would come down with some idea for how they expected the field. Gator UCLA. don't They'd take really no be, shit. Pretty much. And <laughs> they would just be like, no, like that just sounds stupid. And I will say that the ones that have come from just normal colleges besides West Point, um, Always worked very well with the platoon sergeant as well. Um, It was always just a good duo with those two, just like you two. Um, And yeah, they just weren't afraid of anybody. Like they would come down and say like, hey, no, that's stupid. We're not doing that. We're going to go do this instead. And it's still getting whatever job done. And yeah, I mean, that's...
2: So I think getting at at your question is like, how do I approach that? How did I approach that when I came here is I think the number one thing I thought of was like our lanes. You know what I mean? Like I understand my fucking lane. Do you? Well, I think it's, I think it's blended now that I've been here longer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're both okay with that. We're both okay with like, I don't care if you go do my job left and right, do shit that I'm not able to do on a given day. And I go do what you are supposed to be like. We're cool with it because we've been working together for so long. But like when I first got here, I sure as fuck did not try to overstep my lane. You know what I mean? I felt it out and I took my time understanding like this is something that I should be responsible for and this is something that I should know. And if if I didn't fucking know, like I'd wait for you to fucking tell me or I'd ask you. Like I would ask questions. Like I had – I think I had good common sense. Correct me if I'm wrong. I had good common sense and I would shut the fuck up and I'd figure it out as time went on. And I would ask you a lot of damn questions. But I understood that, like, I'm surrounded by goddamn PFCs who have been in a tank platoon longer than I've known what the hell that even meant. You know what I mean?
1: I will say that the moment that, like, I definitely knew that I had a lot of respect for you is when at DAV, when that fight broke out and the BC come barging in there and just completely ignored CO and went straight to you. (laughs) <laughs> and just uh, and the way that you handled it and just like I could tell from that moment right there that the BC had a lot of respect for you and it honestly seemed like he had more respect for you over the CEO. And
0: I guess I guess what I was going to say, you know, the, the point of all of this, you know, we started talking about we all came through MAPS, we all joined the army, we all uh, came through point. kind of yes. an initial entry point. But what's interesting is that, you know, you've got the enlisted side and they lived life. So... I was, and I actually kind of skipped over this, but I was 22 when I joined the Army. So from 18 to 22, you know, I had done other things. I had worked in all kinds of places in California. I worked for, you know, UPS, Starbucks,
1: Universal Studios, uh... (laughs) I'm sorry, but like honestly, the way you're wearing your hat right now, I could so see you being a UPS driver. I was I was I was not a driver though. I just threw the oh, boxes. Shit. Okay. I just threw the boxes in the truck. I didn't, I didn't drive the truck. I didn't drive the truck. You gotta be
0: <laughs> You gotta be up there. I came in at three in the morning to load his truck. He came in wow. with a coffee at eight and he just got in and drove away. You know, I was definitely
1: not that's right <laughs> <truck. crazy>. <laughs> uh, yeah. for the longest time I've just seen you as like this super just, like <laughs> yeah. badass platoon sergeant, and now like you bring up the UPS. UPS thing and I totally see you rocking the fucking
0: cat. UPS I,
1: I worked at I worked
0: yeah, yeah. Starbucks, you know, I was a barista. I know UPS has the I, ID cards.
2: I don't where is
0: it? Oh where come on now. This I is need to see this it. is twenty years ago. I don't know. This is fifteen years. I need to see it. I don't have a UPS ID card. We're gonna card. find a <laughs> UPS, UPS ID, ID card. ID card. Uh you know, but we, we lived life, right? We went through those formative years of 18, 19, 20, 21. West Point, they don't, I was right? going to say, yeah, I don't think I didn't. No, you did. Yeah, you, yeah, that's yeah. my point, right? So so to Specialist Price's point is that, you know, a West Point graduate versus a college graduate who went through ROTC. So a West Point, I mean, you give up those years, right? I mean, you go to West Point. To
2: a degree, because, like, I know plenty of dudes from West Point that are pussies. This sounds weird. I'm not trying to sound like a dick. They're normal fucking people. You know what I mean? Like, they they understand that they went to West Point, and they went through a rigorous program that, like, at those first couple of years, to my understanding, I didn't go to West Point, so if I'm wrong, don't go fucking hang me. Uh, they, you're restricted to the campus for some time. Like, you, there are certain times of the day in the year when you can go travel, all this crap, you know. It's like you're in a unit already. Right, you're in you're, the Army already. But you're in college. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So... I can understand where some of them will come in and they're very – they feel very restricted and very by the book and very like, hey, West Point was the army and now right. I'm in the army. And like there was no difference between the two and they don't – I don't know.
1: You know I've been army for four years. I will say nothing against the ones that no. went to West Point. They were yeah, no. also very great.
2: And it's very hard to get into West Point.
1: Yeah, So they were very great platoon leaders. It was just – I don't know also the side of just being the lower enlisted like i also always like to try to find like shortcuts and other ways around and with them everything was very supervised just hey this is how we're gonna do it everybody's gotta be there all eyes on blah 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 and then you know we get the other ones that went to a normal college and it wasn't very strict um that are like, yeah, no, if we can find a fucking loophole, we're going to take that loophole.
2: Yeah.
0: And then you've got the NCOs that bridge that gap, right? Because yes. the one the one big thing to, to remember is the difference between any PL and any platoon sergeant and those NCOs is that, so I came in the Army as an E1, right? So I have mm-hmm. the perspective of when I came to work as an E1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and, and finding those shortcuts right finding a way to get the thing done without going through all of the checks that the army has in place necessarily and getting that end result and accomplishing that mission and you know an rotc graduate has also experienced that right they've gone through life life just says hey look you can go one two three or you can go ac and be done you know but then you get the west point guys They've never.
2: They had to go A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V W X Y Z. Right, always. Yeah,
0: and they've never actually lived life. You know, they, they did. they wore a uniform in college. Shit. I mean,
1: <laughs> I will. I will say though, for the longest time, I wanted to play football at West Point. Like, well, I thought playing that's a football whole thing. Yeah. yeah, but I thought playing football for the I mean, Army football team would be the sickest fucking thing ever. Like, I wanted to do that so bad.
2: What I think when I got here, just getting back up. at, <laughs> what, shit. getting back at what we were talking about is like I think the biggest thing that I did when I got here was I tried to gap my lack of experience with technical knowledge. So like, hey,
1: no, like, what is funny? Motherfucker? No, I'm just because like when you first got here, I thought I thought he was CID when he first got here.
0: CID, yeah. yeah. So I wasn't like, here. So I wasn't here when he got here, right? That's I was right. Gone. That's right. I was gone. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> it's funny because tangent, right? I remember. I was probably texting you. Like, well, no, you were. <coughs> like, somebody would text me. Like, oh, yeah. Either you would text me yeah. or, or one of my section sergeants, you know, which was Staff Sergeant Howard, Howard at the time, would text me. And I, I didn't care. You know, I, well, it's not that I didn't care, but I was like, I'm, I'm over here. I'm, I'm being an OC at Fort Irwin right now. I'm occupied. I'm I'm doing 24 hours on, 24 hours off. So my schedule's all over the place. I'm trying to drive. It was like 3% a loom when I got there, you know. And these guys, these OCs, are going 45 50 miles an hour through the box at like 3% a loom. and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm gonna die, you know. And then I got you hitting me up about some things, and I was some like, some bullshit little, yeah, you know. And I'm like, look, I don't know you, man. I don't. I don't know. Well, you just... didn't even give
2: me that, so I didn't know what to think of you, right? Because like I would, and I tried not to text you that often. But yeah, I definitely did here and there. Yeah, but I was like, I was like, damn, this motherfucker won't even fucking respond to me. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I actually... he's really perfectly comfortable <laughs> with me just being here right now, like <laughs> making all these decisions at Dab, and like, I guess he just trusts that Howard's gonna do his thing, and it is what it is. But I was just like, God, like the whole month you weren't there, I remember. I texted you multiple times, and I eventually just said, fuck it, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'll, I'll meet you when I meet you. Because I was just like, this motherfucker just doesn't even respond to me. Like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I remember being at TFQ and Mac telling me about you coming in. And at the time, like, I was just like, I fucking loved my old platoon star. And I was like, no, like, I can't have no new platoon star. Like, I was just like, no, like, this guy, fucking, I'm going to be the biggest fucking shithead ever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then... Uh like after finally meeting you I was like oh like I don't know what the hell I was thinking like yeah. you have honestly been hands down one of the best platoon sergeants I've ever fucking had like I've learned so all the other ones it's always just been like army stuff but I've learned also a lot of like actual true life lessons from you that I can apply to just even when I'm out of the army <laughs> really yeah you're a child Okay, <laughs> um yeah, like I just remember too, cause like he had told me he's like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, pricey, but you gotta fucking you gotta do an essay." I was like, "What the fuck? That's the dumbest shit I've ever fucking heard." Like, why the fuck do I have to type an essay about why I joined the army? it's was like, "How am I supposed to make like a page essay about? Oh, my mom told me I was either gonna pay bills or fucking get the fuck out, and here I am." I was like, "What? No way." And yeah, I was just like, "Damn," and I thought the same thing about him. I was like, "What the hell?" Like. This guy's because the very first thing he did to me, I was standing out there at the gate. And he just walks up to me and just boop snaps a photo of me. Flash on, it's dark. I out. still have it. Yes. You've seen it. I have. Yeah. Yeah. And like he walked away, and I just remember looking over and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, what is he doing? Like, why is he just coming up and taking pictures of me? And I just thought he was CID. I was like, this dude's a fucking tool. <laughs> blah blah blah. And then I'm gonna find that picture. And then I got moved to the C P and I was like, oh, this guy's actually not half bad. And then I'm gonna find the after seeing you two work together too, that's why I was like,
0: yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so for the record, you know, I have everybody write that essay. Uh, it's, it's like, it's not even an essay. It's it's one page. It's why I joined the army. And uh, I make every soldier write that, sit down and write that one page. Uh, so they can actually get in the, the mindset to remember why they joined. Even if it was like, you know, it's so special surprise. It you know, four or five years ago, you know, and he's got to sit there for however long it takes to write this one page and sit there and think about that right think about five years ago how did i feel how what was i thinking what was my motivation to coming into the army and then all the new soldiers right right out of oh they get to this and i'm like hey write me that page write me that paper because i want to sit down and i want to read it and i want to understand who you are from that perspective of yourself looking at this is why i joined the army so you know i know there's a lot of hate for making soldiers write essays. It wasn't an essay. It was, you know, a page on why you joined. And there was no, there was no rule about it, right? There was no margins, there was no word count, there was no type written. It was just, you know, give me a page, why you joined the army. I think essay is a strong word, but... I'm gonna pay for this later, but I have still yet to do that paper. I, there's actually probably about half <laughs> yeah, who right. haven't. You know, I tell them, and then we get busy, and I, I don't. You know, I, tell, I got about half of them that
1: that was so long. They ago wrote it. Another half,
0: you know, basically told me to go fuck myself, and didn't, it didn't write it. And every now and then, it was actually one of our soldiers, Keller. I was like, hey. Don't you owe me something? And she's like, I, I did it. I let me go to my room and get it. And she ran back to the barracks and she got it. She brought it Probably right back. Wrote
2: that shit fast. Well.
0: No, she, no, she. It was already done, you know. But it was, it's funny because I say it, you know. Uh, but yeah, we get busy. You know? I
1: definitely will say that it was not the like go fuck yourself. Like after like actually getting to know you, I was like, <laughs> no, I have nothing but love and respect for this guy. Like I will actually do this. But then yeah, it was just all that. Yeah, it's th- so much either. training, red cycle taskings, everything else. And it wasn't
0: so serious that I was like, No, you're gonna do it. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things where I genuinely wanted to know. You know, I wanted to know my soldiers and wanted to know why they joined the army and get a sense of who they were before we had any kind of professional interaction because, you know, it's a different perspective. I also talked my
1: head off, so Yeah, I I, I got the a sense of, of it. Yeah.
0: You know, it wasn't as though I don't know who who my soldiers are, but yeah. Oh. Right. And 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 so though you know, you sir. My point if you ever want to read, you know those papers my, are I, in the council. They're all in them. there. Okay, all right, good. I have
2: read all of them. Good because
0: they're in there. Go fuck yourself. What I if just, you want to read? I've read I'm, all. If you want, I didn't know. Okay. I care. I've read Go them fuck all. Yourself. Got it. Roger, sir. We'll we'll see on Monday. Um, day. bring water. I'll run. bring a water right. source.
2: Uh, fucking. What was I saying? So what I did was, and I got to jump back because this went for too long. Uh, fucking. I tried to bridge like the technical gap with the. The fucking knowledge everyone else already has around me so i was like if i can sit here and be able to speak fluently about my platform my soldiers will listen to me because if i can sit here and fluently speak like okay like this is what's wrong with the fucking tank here's what we gotta do whatever the fuck right if i can navigate that then at least i'll i'll sound like i know what's going on right in the meantime and everything else will fall
0: into place with time what? What's what Well so okay, what do you what do you okay, so special advice. You get a you get a new LT, comes to and I feel like we're kinda of getting off track here a little bit, but I think That's this fun. is interesting. This is this is good. You get you get a new LT, comes to the platoon, right? And starts speaking technical. But aspects. talk about how I actually spoke. Because you're Well, sure, no, but I'm you're saying being a little grandiose with it. No no no, no, I'm not. I'm actually I'm I'm saying like if if an LT comes and he's been in the army, he's been in the platoon for
2: thirty so I mean days. More so, like he can sixty
0: days relate
2: and understand what you. You can have that conversation with that person. Not, I'm not like dictating. Hey, Price, like no, no, no. Here's I, what the fuck this is. Like, I'm not
0: saying you're dictating, but yeah. I'm saying if you spout off a bunch of things about the tank, technical mm-hmm. aspects, you know, understanding, you know, these are the faults, these are the issues, these are the yeah, aspects yeah. of the tank. Yeah. How much weight does that carry? The guy's been in the, the platoon for 30 days, 45 days, and starts rambling off, you know, about the faults of a specific bumper number, you know, so Alpha 2-1 has rambling. issues regarding a, a, B, and C. Now, who is he telling this
1: to? Like, it doesn't matter it to me. Or... So, let me
2: let me specify. I mean more so in the sense that, like, I can sit here and have a, a discussion. Like, Joe can come to me and be like, hey, sir, like, this is what's up with the tank, like... I, I know you're tracking us, whatever the fuck, like, what do you want me to do next or whatever, right? And I can sit there and I, I can understand what they mean and I can have a discussion and I can sound like I know what the fuck's going on. You know what I mean? Because that's my lane, is maintenance mm-hmm. in the rear. That's
0: my fucking lane. Yeah, In right. garrison and day day
2: Maintenance is my lane. Like, yeah, that's what you retire. If those tanks are not up, that's my fucking problem. You know what I mean? So, like, I feel like coming in brand fucking new, having not gone to the field with my soldiers yet, having not had any time in garrison with them yet— if I can at least speak on maintenance and show that I understand the platform that they've been working on for fucking years, right? If I can at least show that I've put in the time to learn it and understand it in a practical sense, practical sense, then, like, to you, if you're coming up to me and you're like, hey, here's my fucking 5988, like, here's what's wrong with this shit, and I can have a conversation with you, mm-hmm. and I sound knowledgeable on the fucking platform, and I know how to read this dumbass form and, like, talk to you about it, I don't know. Like, I think, like, how many of your PLs coming to in? Like, have been able to, like, sit there and talk like that?
1: I will say, honestly, a lot of them. Probably most of them, yeah. Yeah, most of them. I think that's the
2: common approach is to understand. I mean,
1: but that's also, like, so it's kind of funny because, like, always you think, like, oh, the NCOs and the officers expect this of the lower enlisted. But also, lower enlisted also expect certain things out of the platoon leaders, platoon sergeants, 1st sergeants. Yeah, as they should. All that. And so, like, that's obviously an expectation that a lower enlisted soldier is going to have of, the platoon leader and the platoons are no matter how new they are. Like you just kind of already expect them to be like, Hey, so I'm new here. Like what the fuck's going on? What's the issues, blah, blah, blah. Because they need to know these certain things. Yeah. Like if you just showed up and obviously we have to expect that out of you. um, Because we know that you're going to go talk to the company commander and have to explain what's going on with the tank. So we obviously expect you Because we want to get that fixed. And so it starts with you going up to the company commander and being like, hey, you know, this is what's wrong with this tank, this tank, this tank. And then it's going to go from like the XO down the maintenance, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, start getting parts and everything. But that was my approach.
2: Yeah. Just to navigate that. So I have some sort of proficiency in it and then run that shit. Yeah.
1: Like. And just honestly, the way that you. uh, (laughs) Because. I have also had not necessarily like an issue with officers, but I've also always had like a negative outlook on officers. Like I just always thought, Oh god, this is a fucking dude the same age as me, that he just Right Yeah, made different life choices and he actually got to go to school. I didn't get to go to school. Yeah. And And that's my
0: point, right? So it's like okay, so to your point, sir, you you say, Well, I came in, I knew I knew I could talk about a fifty nine eighty eight, I could talk about the faults, I could talk about the platform. But I think the gap and it's, it's just kind of interesting But I and think funny. that gap also hasn't been a mental thing for me. because just cause of No, no, no. I'm talking about from them to you. Yeah, even So that. they see you as like, okay, great. You can talk about faults in 1598s. Yeah. I don't give a shit. You haven't been in the field. You haven't done anything. Yeah. You haven't. Good job. You can memorize TMs and
1: information yeah. and words. Because right? I'm sitting here as, at the time when you got here, I was in E5. And I'm... I've been doing the 5988 since I was a brand new E2 in the army. That was literally my task was to learn how to properly fill out a uh, 5988, how to properly read the T and PMCS, how to look for the work packages, how to do those. And so to me, that was just one of those things. Like I was like, okay, like, yeah, I know. Yeah.
2: And like you and I have had that. I think we had that conversation walking through the bees when you're doing an inspection after company six. It's like we're in a training cycle right now. I'm Um, it's, we it's not it's we went through gunnery. We, we went to gunnery, guys.
0: It's not an We went to gunnery. It's, 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 we, can we can tell you. We can tell you went to gunnery. It's it's fine. went uh, to gunnery, went to potential. My my we, yeah.
2: <laughs> we went to company sticks at Calfax, right? And like I I remember telling you, like, I actually kind of feel um, what's the word? Like, not justified, but like validated in my position now. Inadequate.
0: <sighs> Mediocre. Run-of-the-mill. Nothing else? Vanilla.
2: (laughs) Plain. Boring. I'm more of a coffee ice cream guy, but that's okay. Ineffectual. Pussy boy. (laughs) Um, But I actually felt, like, validated because, like, the maintenance thing, I feel, should be a very behind-the-scenes thing in Garrison. Like, the only effects that, like, at the crew level you should feel from me doing maintenance shit is, like, your parts fucking get in on time. You're able to hang them, you're given the time to hang them, and you're given the maintenance support that you need to fucking fix shit. Like, that shouldn't be some glorifying ass, like, ah, oh, look at my PL, he did... Like, that should just kind of fucking happen, you know? It's a very behind-the-scenes thing. So when we finally got to go and do some fucking training, which is like, that's my time to shine. I'm making orders, I'm, like, actually making decisions in the lanes, I'm showing that I know what's going on, I, can, I have some sort of tactical decision-making that I have... In my fucking head that I can act on, I have an understanding that like that's so that's, that, so that was that's my what I'm going talk. to yeah, say like, is up and until you get to that point where you're in the fucking field exactly and you can show that you're competent. Like quite frankly, you need to shut the fuck up
0: because because even the and that's what my point is right. So even the technical stuff, you're not impressing anybody. No, not you. Not and I'm not saying this to him directly. I'm saying I'm saying as an officer, any officer listening. You know, nerds, w- yeah. You know, you guys are nerds, right? Right, you have an education, so you understand how <laughs> to learn words and put words on paper. Nobody is impressed. We've been doing that for five, 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. right? So, you coming in and saying, Well, I know that, but
2: you need to find a way to, to put that to your advantage. Well, I haven't got there yet. In a non mediocre ass, fucking but way. I'm
0: saying nobody cares, yeah. Nobody cares that an officer comes in and can understand it a fifty nine eighty eight. And LTs need to understand that, which lists a bunch of faults. Which, yeah, no shit, we're already tracking. Them, that's why we wrote them down. Uh, you know, and that you know what they are. Well, good job. You can read a book. Uh, you know, so none of this means anything yet. And exactly what you're talking about is a field tactical environment where you can bridge that gap, or you can't. As an officer, uh, makes a huge difference.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like, if you can, if you can do the maintenance thing in the rear, proficiently. Great. And I think, and I think... Please do, help me. But you shouldn't just, you shouldn't be checking that block as an officer. Like, I feel like... You should understand it. You should more than understand it. Like, you should work the fuck out of that system. Like, and you and I are very good at that at this point. Like, you should understand that system so well that you work that shit to your advantage. You find the ins and outs. You find the loopholes. You figure out how to work that bitch so that your tanks are fucking up. And this applies to any fucking branch. Like motherfucking loggy with his five Humvees or whatever the hell like his PLS like you should learn how to work that system to make your shit work all the time um and that's just an officer thing to do in the rear and that pays dividends when you get out in the field which we've fucking seen um but then when you get out in the field, you keep doing your maintenance shit with your PSG now. You both share that. You, you share the, all the loads. In but the that area. becomes
0: secondary, right? Right. So all that
2: maintenance. It I mean, should. It sh- no, keyword, it should become secondary. Well, no, it, it has to. Put...
0: It has to because you're not going to get the instant turnaround, right? The, the FMT is not there to help you. This is the, what I'm getting at. This... The logistics are not there to supply yeah. you with those maintenance demands. The field is not the time to bring shit up. Well, it, it can be.
2: But it shouldn't be. That's your time to train. You're it taking, is your time. you're right. As an officer and as a senior enlisted member of the fucking platoon, you are taking away from your soldiers' opportunity to just train for that two, three weeks, one week, whatever, if you didn't put in that work, you didn't figure shit out in the rear to make your platform work before you got out there. If you go out there and you're sitting in the UMCP trying to get your shit fixed for three weeks, your trying, soldiers, to,
0: work, trying to work the maintenance system. Your soldiers
2: are sitting there circle jerking, waiting for someone to hang pack in a fucking tank when they could be out there running a the lane.
1: Which like, is also a more like there's more eyes on kind of things. There's you gotta be in a certain uniform, you gotta be doing certain things right. in a certain way. You don't have the comfort of the motor pool. Exactly, where you can yeah, you know, probably drop top and take your PC off to go to the vending machine. Tank. Yeah, you can go, go to the, the bathroom. Bed. Yeah, you don't have to go oh I gotta go put on my kit to go no. walk three hundred meters to yeah. the porta potty. Where's my rifle?
0: Yeah. You know, I f I gotta put that down. Which is to go turn wrenches, which should apply. Just
1: turn to your first line and be like Hey, I'm gonna run in the bathroom real quick. Alright, cool, you're good. Which it applies to per se combat, right? Like
2: in the rear, you should be able to get your shit up in a timely manner. And in combat, that FDCP, that UMCP, whatever the hell, is clicks and clicks and hours and hours and bounds away from you. Right. You that you don't have that shit anymore. That's not a it's not a viable option. You don't have mechanics sitting there ready to fucking just tend to your every need and figure your shit out. Yeah. So Yeah.